Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truths. So glad you joined us for uh, today's episode. I think we're going to finish uh, chapter three today, so that'll be good. Don't quite have a postcard today, but uh, Mary Ann, you sent me this beautiful card, said you couldn't find a postcard. I'm not sure how hard you looked, but I'm sure you did. But the card is great. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And this from uh, our dear friend, Mary Ann Swarmer, uh, there in uh, Pennsylvania. Mary Ann, you are a blessing. And she uh, sent her greetings to my dear wife, Wanda, as well. Wish you could meet my wife, Wanda. She is a blessing. But to thank you, Mary Ann, for uh, that that card. And to thank you for, for watching today, whoever you are, wherever you are. Appreciate uh, your faithfulness to the Word of God. We are in Mark chapter 3. And we are in a very um, a tense time in Jesus' ministry. He has uh, been just inundated with people from all across that whole region, even beyond the borders of his own country. Uh, they're coming from uh, not only Jerusalem, but down in Idumea, which is down toward Edom, uh, across the Jordan River, from Tyre and Sidon, from all uh, all the villages of Galilee. It just seems like everywhere Jesus goes, uh, people want a piece of him. But they're not really wanting his message. They're wanting healing. They're wanting help. They're wanting temporary relief. And in the midst of all of this, uh, Jesus kind of hesitates and takes some time apart to pray. And calls from among, uh, from among many of his disciples, 12, 12 apostles to be with him. He's going to invest in just a few. He's going to spend time with them. He's going to get away from the crowds. He takes them to a house. But the Bible says the multitudes keep on coming. And they're so busy, they don't have time to eat. And it seems like uh, those that even believe in Jesus, as far as they know he's a sincere man, some are thinking he's crazy and, hey, just, you know, stop all this ministry stuff. This is getting out of hand. Uh, some of the religious leaders that have come from Jerusalem are challenging his ministry in a much more insidious way. They're saying, well, uh, we know that he, he's seeing results and we know that uh, he's casting out demons and we know that he's doing these big miracles, but we know how he's doing it. He's doing it through the power of Satan. And Jesus has to answer that criticism, doesn't he? And he says, that doesn't even make a sense. That doesn't even make sense. A house divided against itself cannot stand. What makes sense is if you're going to cast out something, then you've got to go in and be the more dominant authority in their life. And so really, I am the dominant authority that's expelling Satan and his minions and the lives of these people. And then he says this, but if you know that I really am from God, which they did, and you know that my power is of the Holy Ghost, which they did, and you're denying the working of the Holy Spirit, 
then really, in essence, you're denying me and all that I bring, the gospel and salvation. That is the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is to say an ultimate no to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, which is to draw you to Christ. Now, watch what happens here at the end of the chapter. Uh, Mark chapter 3 and verse number 30, verse number 31, uh, I guess I should have said, there came then his brethren. Interesting. So the Bible teaches that Joseph and Mary, after Jesus was born, he was the firstborn, thou shalt bring forth thy firstborn son, where the implication is there will be other children, and there were. So Joseph and Mary were not to come together physically until after Jesus was born. And that was what the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. But they did come together physically eventually, and they had more children as a married couple. And we know a couple of those children by name. As a matter of fact, we know all the boys' names because the Bible lists them. And he also had sisters, plural. So Jesus was the oldest of at least seven children. Why? Because he had four brothers by name. We know James and Jude. They both penned books in the Bible, the book of James, the book of Jude. James was the pastor at the church of Jerusalem. Remember, it was James who rendered his decision at the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. So Jesus had brothers and he had sisters, uh, maybe two, probably more. And the Bible teaches here in Mark chapter 3 that uh, there came then his brethren and his mother. So we know that Jesus' mother's name was Mary. And we know that Mary was a good woman, uh, um, one whom God chose, a woman full of grace in the sense that God favored her uh, to bear the Christ child. And But Mary was a person like anybody else that needed a savior, uh, a, a person like anybody else that needed salvation because she was a sinner. We don't believe, as our Catholic friends do, that, that Mary in some way was immaculate or that she was herself the product of a virgin, uh, of a, uh, a sin of a virgin birth, or not a virgin birth, but an immaculate conception. I mean, come on. Uh, th that's just adding to the Bible. No, Mary was a good lady who needed a savior, needed salvation in her son of all people. And the Bible teaches that the brethren and the mother of Jesus are coming to him. Now, this is a time of great controversy in Jesus' ministry. It seems as if these various groups are threatened by him. I wonder why his family is there. Well, watch what it says. Verse number 31. There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without, sent unto him, calling him. And the implication of Mark 3 and verse 31 is that they too are saying, stop all this. Stop all this. Just come home. It's enough. This is getting out of hand. So what do we have so far? We have multitudes coming to Jesus. We have Jesus not necessarily trying to minister to all the multitude, but calling from among many 12 to be with him. He takes them to a house. But then you have some well-meaning people saying, Jesus, you're just, you're beside yourself. Something's off here. Let's just stop all this. And then you have uh, some critics, some, some religious opponents that are trying to accuse Jesus and to discredit the ministry of Jesus by calling him somebody who is uh, possessed of the devil. 
And now you have his family, his own family of all the people in the world that should know that Jesus is authentic. It's his own family. Uh, They've grown up with him. They've seen him day by day, month by month, year by year. If anybody could testify to his sinlessness, if anyone could testify to his goodness, it would be these people. And yet for some inexplicable reason, the, the brothers of Jesus did not believe on him in his lifetime. And not only did they not believe on him, but later on in Jesus' ministry, they actually mocked him. When it was time to go to the Feast of the Tabernacles there in John chapter 7, they almost mocked him by saying, are you going to go? And Jesus said, well, not yet. Well, what are you, some kind of a secret Messiah? You can't tell people who you are. I mean, they were mocking him as, as brothers do, did not believe on him. Remember, the Bible says about James, which I believe was the oldest brother other than Jesus, that he did not believe on Jesus until after the resurrection. And Jesus specifically appeared to James. How do we know that? Because Paul told us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So what are the brethren and uh, the mother of Jesus, what are they doing? They're trying to get Jesus to, hey, come home, stop ministry. This is getting out of hand. They're not even fully understanding all of who Jesus is. They're not understanding all of what Jesus is doing or the purpose for which Jesus came. Look at verse number 32. And the multitude sat about him, and they said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren without seek for thee. So even the multitude was saying, Hey, your family wants you. It's time to stop this. Go away. They're looking for you. And watch what Jesus says. This is so good. Verse number 33. And he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brethren? So Jesus is taking this this opposition, uh, this um, awkward situation, and he's using it to teach a much deeper spiritual truth. So really, who are those that are of me? Who are those that are my relation? Who are they? Who is my mother? Who are my brethren? Because our relationship with God through Jesus, our relationship with Jesus is a familial relationship, is it not? I mean, the Bible uses the language of family, that as many as receive him, to them give he power to become the sons of God. Uh, I will call you sons and daughters, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So who is my mother? Who are my brethren? Watch what it says, verse number 34. And he looked round about on them, which sat about him and said, behold, my mother and my brethren. So you get the point there? Now, I know many of you are listening right now. So let me describe what I'm doing. So he said to the crowd, who, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? Uh, they're outside. They're knocking on the door. They want me to leave this service. And then he said, behold, my mother and my brethren. And he's looking at his followers and he's saying, he's gesturing to them, No, those that follow me, those that receive me, those that accept me, those that believe on me, those are my family. They are the ones that truly are are with me. That's my relationship. Look at verse number 35. Verse number 34, behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever 
shall do the will of God, the same is my brother, my sister, my and mother. Whosoever shall do the will of God. And what is the will of God? The will of God primarily is that we would believe on the one whom God sent. That's Jesus. God's will. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What did Jesus do? He came preaching the ministry of repentance, that change of mind, believe the gospel, quit believing these religious, quit believing these these lies that somehow religion can save you or that the law in some way can save you. No, believe on me. I am the savior. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Do the will of God by believing on me. Those are my relations. And Jesus says that today. The relationship we have with God is because of Christ. The will of God even today is that we we would believe on the Son of God, the Lord Jesus. That's where life is. That's the purpose of the book of John, that we might know who Jesus is, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that knowing that we might believe on him, put our faith and trust in him, and have life in his name. I guess my question to you today is, Have you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you become a relation with God through Christ? Are you in the family, the family of God? We come into the family of God by being born, by being born again, by being adopted, by being adopted into his family. And that's God's will for you and God's will for me. Say yes to him. Isn't it interesting that when we enter the family of God, many times uh, our church family, because of our shared relationship with God through Christ, in some ways becomes closer to us than even perhaps some that are unsaved family members. I think some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so what a great answer Jesus gave that day to a very tense situation. The family of God, what a precious a family it is. I feel that way about you. Those that are watching, those that are listening, that know and love the same Jesus that I know and love, I feel a kinship with you. Why? Because we're part of the family of God. Sometimes we sing that song, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Maybe you'll hum that today. and That'd be a good thing to do. Well, thanks for joining us. We're done with chapter number three. Going to jump into a brand new chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.